0: That's stamps.com. Code Program.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P. One podcast with Matt and Tommy. I'm going with some enunciation today and I don't know why. I think it's because it's rather late in the evening whilst we're recording this and I'm trying to instill myself with energy as we are back from Monaco. We have kind of, uh, actually probably was going to say we've kind of recovered. I don't think we have just yet. I feel like tonight's sleep will be great. We're both wearing Red Bull merchandise as well, Tommy. We're just fanboys, aren't we? I feel like we have to wear it considering, you know, we were on the Red Bull Energy Station the entire weekend. So I and have not become a Red is the Bull comfiest fan. Thing ever. Yes. Yeah, oh my god, it is. But I don't know to be fair, that room's really cold where you are. Yeah. I could not be wearing a hoodie right now. I would melt. Anyway, let's start before we get into it with our five-star review. And this one comes in from Karis J75 from the USA. How am I just now finding you guys? This is my new favourite podcast. You're so knowledgeable about Formula One, but it's your genuine love for the sport that I cannot get enough of. Thanks, Matt and Tommy, for making the time between races bearable. Thank you very much, j 75 for you. that lovely review. If you want yours to be read out, please do leave us a five-star review and let us know why you love this podcast. Now, I also love the fact that you were able to mute, unlike when we were in Monaco, <laughs> where you just decided to cough everywhere, and we actually kept it in the edit as well. So it's nice that you can mute and do whatever the hell you need to
2: do uh, without us all hearing it. I'm also looking forward to uh, being able to send the podcast in three minutes rather than three years. That's going to yes. be enjoyable. Yeah. Good
1: internet was uh, was very much at a, a premium in Monaco, wasn't it? Whereas, uh, yeah. We anyway. Enough of that stuff. Let's talk about Monaco driver ratings. Let's begin with Logan Sargent. He started 16th, finished 18th. And wow, we he did not have a great weekend, but he did have four wheels left on the car at the end of a Monaco Grand Prix where there were slippery conditions. But my God, was he slow at certain points we saw overtaking? And that was because Logan Sargent was really slow. Uh, he was hit by Hulkenberg on the first lap and taps the wall as well at one point, but survived. I'm going to give him a three out of ten.
2: I've gone for a four out of ten uh, for the number of wheels left on his car. But it wasn't—he <laughs> wasn't particularly quick. Um, yeah, he—he he was unbelievably slow at one point uh, when Perez and Stroll were catching him, wasn't he? And uh, really compromising their uh, racism, making it even worse. But yeah, Logan didn't look uh, particularly great. Uh, one small incident where it looked like he just struggled to get round the uh, the hairpin, making that car look very long like it is. like It was like watching a bus trying to get around a hairpin. Um, but yeah, four out of ten. OK, cool. Fair enough. He did survive and he is a
1: rookie, so uh, I can see that. I can see that. We now move to his teammate, Alex Albon.
2: Started 13th, finished 14th. I've gone four. A six out of ten, um, kind of average weekend again. Alex Halpin's such a difficult driver to rate. We, we, we're never going to really know unless Logan Sargent sort of really sort of knuckles down and maybe maybe a few more years in F1 and a bit more experience, perhaps. Um, it's really hard to judge because Logan's new, um, and Alex is putting that car in decent positions to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think it was just solid, but not spectacular.
1: I have gone for a five out of 10. So two points separating the two teammates, but I've gone one lower for both of them. Uh, yeah, obviously you had that big crash, uh, in NFP one, um, Just didn't seem to work out too well, finishing 14th. We only had one retirement, so I guess there wasn't a huge amount more he could do. But at the same time, I think my expectations for where Alex Albon should potentially be is a little bit higher up. Hence why I've gone for a five out of 10. We now go to Nick DeVries, started 12th. Finished 12th. Now, I've gone for a 6 out of 10 for Nick DeVries uh, for this weekend uh, because it actually wasn't that bad, uh, considering the run of form that he has uh, been showing recently. Uh, He was doing a good team game, backing up Bottas to protect Yuki, uh, went for a long first stint, didn't crash. Uh, So I would say he's probably quite happy with that, despite not actually scoring (laughs) any points. I think the 6 out of 10 is deserved when you think about the results he's had uh, in recent times.
2: Yes. Um, if you'd have said loads of people had crashed this weekend and none of them were Nick DeVries, uh, I think he'd take it. Uh, I've also gone for a six out of 10 because, yeah, not a bad weekend. Um, his best result, I want to say, in F1 so far. Um, well,
1: apart from when he stood in.
2: <clears throat> yeah, of course. Uh, sorry, his best, <laughs> sorry, his best result this year um, was quite amusing, actually, a little... Uh, potentially P1 exclusive, um, but obviously in Monaco we, we saw Nick DeVries being followed around by a uh, very long uh, microphone on a big stick, which usually means that's Netflix. So uh, we said, didn't we, that we're very much expecting the Nick DeVries episode to be, oh, Nick DeVries had such a tough year, but now he's putting a brilliant P12 in Monaco, beating his teammate and all that good stuff.
1: What a great point, Tommy. I need to go and get my takeaway. Yeah, it was a fantastic point, Tommy. And I have now eaten my dinner. So we'll carry on. Yuki Tsunoda started ninth, finished 15th.
2: I'm going to go for a seven out of 10 for Yuki. Um, He had a good, uh, well, a very good qualifying, uh, particularly Q2. Um, But yeah, put it in uh, Q3, which is great for Alpha Tauri. and uh, it looked like he was going to get some points, and then his breaks. Uh, there was obviously something wrong with his breaks at the end. Looked like he might even finish 11th for the millionth time this season, but um, even worse, 15th.
1: Yeah, it didn't work out the ending uh, that we all hoped for for Yuki, who Again, was showing potential in that Alpha Tauri. And as you say, there was there was a point, maybe maybe two points up for grabs for Yuki. And then the team was telling him to push the brakes a bit harder, you know, try and get a bit more temperature into the brakes to then brake later and so on and so forth. He then came back with a great team radio, which was like, you know, you're trying to make me crash here. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the minute he did try and brake a bit later, he almost went in the walls. So there was clearly a problem with his car. I've gone for a 7 out of 10 as well because... It was actually a really decent performance from Yuki. I can't give him any higher, just purely because he didn't actually score any points in the end. But a 7 out of 10 sort of notices and and respects uh, that drive. We now go to Nico Hulkenberg. Started 18th, finished 17th. How do I... What do I say about Hass these days? Huh. Um, he he went ham at the start and then hit Logan Sargent. Um, he got a penalty for that and just dreadful. Three out of ten. I'm going to go with. I, I'm not. I, I could give him lower, but I feel like the Haas is actually shocking at the moment. That three out of ten. No, 2 out of ten. Two out of 10, I've changed it. Uh, On the fly, as you will like these on-the-fly driver rating changes, and the editor does as well. So 2 out of 10. No, 3 is far too generous. (laughs)
2: Uh, I've gone for a 3 out of 10, just because he actually finished the race, but he was still pretty terrible. The house is an absolute, yeah, awful, awful car. And, um, yeah, both drivers were... Not having the cleanest of races. I think he was. I personally think his penalty was a bit too harsh because, yes, it was an absolute send and a bit wacky, but you kind Quite of literally. have to. Yeah, you kind of have to do that at Monaco uh, to get a place at the start because uh, it's a ridiculous circuit. So, personally, I didn't think it was that outrageous. It didn't take anyone out or anything. So, um, but I mean, it's still an. Awful (laughs) performance, so yeah, three out of ten.
1: Okie dokie, we now go to Kevin Magnusson, started 17th, uh, but did not finish. Although, I don't know if he technically still classified, but he didn't see the checkered flag.
2: He did not. Uh, I've gone for a three out of ten for him as well. Um, yeah, hit the wall in the wet. very weird choice for him to stay on hard tires as well at one point uh on the wet track but what more can you say really just has absolutely awful they, they these two were now meant to be the you know they had Mick Schumacher and uh Mazepin in that team and it was like you can't put two rookies in the in the team they're useless and they'll be crashing all the time which they did and now they've got two experienced drivers and they're not doing as badly as those two but they're they're certainly not not being the safe pair of hands that you expect from them.
1: Well, I'm not sure what how much worse they can possibly get currently finishing 17th and not finishing at, at Monaco. I've gone for a 2 out of 10 uh, for K mag as well. Um I can kind of see where Haas were like in the moment I was like why the hell is K mag still on dry tires in what is quite literally a swimming pool uh, around Monaco but then someone um on twitter i think it was actually enlightened me for a change rather than the complete opposite cesspit that twitter can be um was that Haas were clearly gambling on some kind of red flag trying to get some positions because, of course, you know the the rain shower came out of nowhere. You may as well roll the dice. Haas were absolutely washed in more than one way over the course of the Monaco Grand Prix weekend. So why not just leave him out there and see what happens? It didn't work at all. There was no red flag. There was no safety car. Um, But, yeah, it's going to be a a 2 out of 10 for for K-Mag as well. We now go to Lance Stroll. Started 14th, did not finish. I've gone for a whopping 1 out of 10 for Lance Stroll this weekend. Uh, He missed the Weybridge in qualifying, although I don't want to have too much of a go uh, at him for that because it was quite last minute, uh, that that panel show, did they? No, exactly. Um, Fairly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But still went out in Q2. Uh, He hit the wall on intermediates. Uh, He hit everyone, it felt like, at some point during the the race. Uh, What was it, lap one? He hit. He got squeezed by. Was it Albon? I want to say into the hairpin.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. He was trying then, to go around the outside. Of like, him, that's wasn't fine.
1: You went for it. Gap very much closed. It was the next corner that I had problems with. I was like, why are you still throwing it up the inside? I know that he was probably a little bit frustrated, perhaps that he just yeah. got squeezed into the wall, but shoves it up the inside there as well. Loses part of his front wing and that was one of many incidents over the course of the race and just dreadful this weekend.
2: He was absolutely dreadful. Uh I'm also giving him a 1 out of 10 uh mainly because spoiler alert but somehow someone did even worse in my opinion than him. Um which is impressive when it was absolutely appalling from from Stroll. Uh yeah, absolutely shocking weekend nowhere near you know you've got his teammate running at the front doing incredible things and uh lance just had an absolute shocker and he's he's supposedly you know meant to be this uh wet weather supremo so when he got on the inters and then crashed it was like wait what <laughs> yeah that crash as well was just like <laughs> that was him. That was, it almost felt like a rage quit in a video game, where you've just binned it in the wall and gone. Actually, I just can't be asked to do this anymore.
1: Yeah, it was very, very odd. Um, I think David Coulthard thought he had a problem in commentary. He thought that there was perhaps some kind of acceleration that was going on that he wasn't actually inputting. But uh, I'm of the opinion that perhaps that wasn't the case, and Lundstroem just, you know, ran out of talent unfortunately this weekend. Uh, we now go to Fernando Alonso. Started second, finished second
2: i've gone four and nine out of ten um so close to pole uh obviously yeah put on the mediums when maybe the inters uh might have won in the race maybe not maybe this conversation well should we just go into that now go on then go on then i still don't agree i do (laughs) Fernando Alonso is absolutely
1: winning that race if he goes on intermediates rather than mediums. A million percent.
2: No, I saw people like showing like, oh, look at this data. And it's like, well, it's a different lap. So it's different conditions. You're not going to set the same time on medium tyres. And also Max tiptoeing round, he, you know, there's too many different scenarios to say it absolutely fundamentally would have. And Max tiptoeing around was probably because he knew he had a 24-second lead and could tiptoe unbelievably slowly. I'm sure he'd put a, a bit more pace in it if he needed to. So... Right. No, that, I,
1: I'm not having that either
2: because he was on what, like 50 odd lap old
1: mediums. They were very much ready to be incinerated in a tire, for, in like a tire pile, like in the Simpsons, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. There's no way he didn't. He wouldn't have had any more on the, in the locker because there, there, there was no um, guarantee that it was going to continue raining. So in some ways, Fernando pitting one lap earlier, doesn't matter what tyre he's put on, Fernando might be on the right tyre to close that gap and jump him. So I don't think he so could have was gone massive. any quicker... But the the gap wasn't that big when Fernando came out. That's the thing. Like, he wasn't that far behind. It was like 25 seconds, and it was a 21-second pit stop. Like, And then, obviously, Fernando pit again, and then the gap was massive. But I promise you, I I, I, I could not be more convinced that Fernando would have got ahead of Max. Now, people then go, oh, you know, maybe Max would have got back through. I still... I... I know no, no, that I, Fernando and Max would end up in the harbour before Fernando lets Max through to win the race if he jumps him.
2: One one thing I will say is a hundred percent sure is that Max wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have gone back past him. No, no way is Verstappen gonna, even though it's Max Verstappen, risk it at Monaco when. Is what you'd say is his nearest title rival is driving around at the back after about six crashes. And then why would Max go for it? And also he loves Fernando Alonso and would probably want him to win as well. He'd probably wave (laughs) him across the line, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, Okay, well, look at us disagreeing. Uh,
1: It's fantastic. Let us know in the comments where you stand after a few days of digesting this information and if it's anyone other than my team you can get in the bin Um, but yes I have gone Fernando Alonso 9 out of 10 as well Uh, mainly because I'm just so angry that they didn't go on intermediates so this discussion could actually just be you know once and for all solved although we wouldn't be having the discussion if if he did go on intermediates because he would have won the race and I would have been right so it doesn't really matter Um, so 9 out of 10 I I feel like he does almost deserve a 10 out of 10 because I've heard things from you know there's been reports that Sky Germany was saying that Aston Martin put the wrong tyres on him although I'm not sure i totally believe that um and just in general it was a very 50 50 call as to which way you go as much as i think that the inters probably was a safer shout considering what the conditions were doing but then perhaps it was very much at that point where you go you just got It might have just been a very small rain shower. The, the, the new mediums would have worked a lot better than 55-lap old mediums, and, they, and he could have gained 5, 10 seconds perhaps if Max was really, really struggling out there with, you know, tyres that were cooling down and very worn. So, um, yeah, it's still a 9 out of 10, very close to a 10, and just amazing to see someone taking the fight to Max in some regard, even if we didn't really see those two together on track. We now go to Valtteri Bottas. Started 15th, finished 11th. Uh, I'm going to go for a 6 out of 10 uh, for Valtteri. Um He had a decent strategy, almost scored a point, um, but wasn't to be. And I think that he, it was, I don't know, it was just one of those races that you didn't see much of him, but finishing 11th in an Alfa Romeo is, is a decent job. In fact, no, scrap that, 7 out of 10. Valtteri, well done, mate.
2: <laughs> uh i have gone for a seven out of ten uh like you've changed it. i was going to be like oh we're going to disagree oh no now you've uh changed it but yeah um he also finished half a second ahead of showing in qualifying which i think is a is a good performance and yeah alpha not that great is it uh so yeah seven out of ten not much to say it alfa romeo after that start that they had last season where they actually look quite good they've kind of gone back to the Alfa Romeo of the Kimi Raikkonen Jovanazzi era where they are the most midfield of midfield anonymous teams that you see them once during the race and they don't really they're not really bad that you kind of see them and go oh they're a bit rubbish and they're not good enough to get points they're just proper midfield anonymous team.
1: Which is sad. It's sad yeah, to see. It is.
2: Um We now go to Zhou Guan Yu. Started 19th, finished 13th. I've gone for a five out of ten for Zhou Guan Yu. Um, solid race, but just a bit um, anonymous again uh, in the Alfa Romeo. You know, 13th looks quite good on, on paper, but might have been better had he not started 19th. Um, he went fastest at one point in qualifying i think uh, in that crazy track evolution stage that it was but um, yeah, it went
1: fastest in q1 and end up qualifying 19th like that yeah. just shows the level of evolution that happened throughout that that session
2: yeah exactly but if you're starting 19th at monaco you're not really getting a point unless everyone crashes
1: I've gone for a six out of 10 uh, for Joe. Uh, I, yeah, qualifying was poor, but I think to make up six positions. And also, I want to give him that extra point for the daring move round the outside on the first lap when everyone else was basically parked up, getting out of their car to go into Tesco. He just swung it around the outside of that hairpin and just absolutely sent it, which I love to see uh, because it was an overtake around Monaco, which is very, a very rare sighting. Uh, so well done, Joe. You get six out of 10. But no points, unfortunately, in the World Championship. We now go to Oscar Piastri. Started 11th, finished 10th. I'm going to go with an 8 out of 10 for Oscar Piastri. Uh, he had a decent first Monaco race. Uh, he kept his nose clean. And most importantly, again, I'm just really impressed with how close he is to Norris. Uh, that is something that's really, really Impressing me at the moment, considering the level of which Lando is at at the moment, we know that he extracts usually the most out of that McLaren. So I, I, it, it might be one point too high, but screw it. I'm feeling the Piastri train. I'm very impressed with him scoring a point at Monaco and very quietly. I think he is going about his job and eventually people are going to start to notice that his performances are really solid, especially when the McLarens actually start performing with a good car.
2: Yeah, I've gone for a seven out of ten, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a good performance. And um, you know, let's not forget Lando Norris is good, very good around Monaco. Um, lapped Daniel Ricciardo, so we know what Daniel Ricciardo did against Lando. And I think uh, Oscar Piastri, Oscar Piastri, can be extremely you know, proud of himself for, for being on the pace uh, with Lando. And that's exactly this stage of the season. I'd say probably even more than what McLaren could have hoped for, for him to be finishing on the back of Lando uh, in a race like that. So fair play to him. We now go to Lando Norris, who started 10th and finished 9th. So I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Lando. Um, he had unbelievable pace, uh, at the end of the race was lapping well quicker than anyone I think he was catching uh, like three seconds a lap at the end uh, and yeah I think without hitting the wall obviously he the, McLaren did get him out so it was Ferraris and Charles Leclerc's fault that, that Lando didn't actually get his lap in but it, I just think that yeah he, he maybe should have done better in qualifying had he had a clean session um so yeah if he'd have um done that then potentially um a higher grade I think it's a missed opportunity for him to be ninth even though it's like solid points I feel like he could have been up there with what say like Gasly was doing in an Alpine like finished seventh or been in that top pack if you like
1: Certainly. Uh, I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Lando. As much as he beat his teammate, these ratings sometimes are relative to how we feel that driver has been performing and, and of course, taking in a lot of different um, things as well as just their finishing position. Um, so, yeah, as you say, Lando made that mistake in, in Quali, which... You know, that was his error because he turned in too early and broke his steering arm, but it was actually Leclerc's fault. Um, but yeah, a sensational pace at the end, but just wasn't really able to, to make the most of it. Um, and I think, you know, if you're Lando Norris, perhaps you're, you think, you're, you're wondering why is Oscar so close at this stage of his rookie season? Um, so that's why I've gone for a seven.
3: Selling a little... Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
1: This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated French Open in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. We now go to Pierre Gasly started seventh finished seventh and I'm going to go for a seven out of 10. I think it was a a solid weekend uh, for Pierre, but when you've got your teammate finishing P three, smashing, qualifying, smashing the race, it's hard to give Pierre any higher than a seven. I think if Ocon hadn't finished third, it might've been an eight, but it's just, it's relative, isn't it? Uh, And of course his strategy didn't really pay off either, um, but P seven is still solid points. Although yeah. the one thing I do want to mention about Pierre is his forced smile uh, <laughs> yeah. when they were doing the, uh, the, the, the pictures with Ocon and his trophy and whatnot. He was not particularly best pleased that, uh, that his teammate had got the uh, first podium in this season of the two.
2: No, I saw that picture uh, and I said to you, didn't I? I was like, look at that, like zoomed on his face. And then I went on TikTok and someone had made a brilliant edit of it where they'd like proper zoomed in to the the video of Gasly doing the most forced smile as they were (laughs) celebrating Ocon's P3. Um, Yeah, gone for seven out of 10 as well. And you've said everything that I could possibly say, really, in the fact that, yeah, it would have been an eight, uh, but SD bestie absolutely delivered uh an unreal performance so i can't really give him much higher
1: well why don't we talk about Estee Bestie right now he started third and finished third
2: it's a 10 out of 10 i think it'd be an 11 out of 10 if we could give it i don't think you could do any more i know that he was absolutely miles behind uh the likes of um Alonso and Verstappen but he was never gonna have that pace so um the fact that he managed to put that car in p3 in the first place not far off pole you know imagine if we'd had a red flag and he had actually put it on pole you know it could so easily have happened so um yeah uh it sounds a bit crazy when he's won a formula one race but it's the drive of his career in my opinion because it wasn't through uh you know the entire field crashing and Nicholas Latifi blocking it, blocking everyone. <laughs> uh, it was a uh, just fantastic race, and I did actually read up on those comments from uh, from Rossi. Uh, and uh, yeah, don't know why he was slandering his own driver, um, but what a way for Ocon to answer that silence his haters and his
1: hater being the the CEO (laughs) of Alpine or whatever he is Um, so yeah not not ideal but yes a 10 out of 10 for me as well Uh, for Ocon uh, a perfect weekend I don't think he really could have done any more it could have very easily ended as well had Carlos Sainz gone into him at about 2 mile an hour quicker uh, because he it was a very near miss Um, Carlos trying that move out of the uh, the tunnel Uh, but yeah he even not just that but he withstood the pressure as well in the wet when Sainz was absolutely all over him uh he placed his car in the right ways and, and managed to defend that that position really nicely and also had that slow pit stop uh, let's not forget and, and and still managed to hold on to p3 so well done Esty bestie um what would you rate what would you grade out of 10 his podium celebration
2: uh a the same grade i gave stroll for the, his actual race performance and it was <laughs> yeah what did he do he <laughs> slipped on the I saw a TikTok of it. He slipped on the P3. So so he,
1: he obviously went down the mic, said SD Bestie's on the podium, baby. Yeah. He then goes up onto the podium uh, and then, l- and then shakes, hand, shakes hands with someone really awkwardly. Yeah. Then he walks back to stand on the, the third place podium and it slips underneath him, hits the champagne over. <laughs> yeah it's a solid 10 isn't it really it, it really is well done, yeah. well done oh, and then he also
2: then put his cap on forgetting there was a second national anthem as well yes just, uh, after the first
1: national anthem it. he stuck his, his hat back on so yeah. he was yeah. very
2: like, I'm sure his head was just all over the place spinning after, uh, yeah. after that performance can't blame yeah, him
1: very much uh, very much so okay it's now Lewis Hamilton's time started fifth finished fourth uh, I've gone for an 8 out of 10 uh, for Lewis I think that he did a pretty good job uh, this weekend I mean the strategy didn't work out uh, like with a lot of drivers to be fair of of pitting for mediums and then again um, for intermediates Uh, and of course his teammate made that mistake which meant he was promoted didn't have the same kind of problems Hamilton didn't go off apart from obviously that crash in FP3 but it didn't really make a huge difference it was just a steering arm Um, and yeah I think as much as Mercedes haven't really taken a huge step forward in terms of performance Monaco's a very difficult track in order to actually measure how good these upgrades are. When we go to Spain this weekend, that's when we'll get a real idea of of what those side pods uh, can do. So yeah, Lewis, uh, 8 out of 10.
2: I've gone for an 8 out of 10 for Hamilton as well. Uh, Yeah, very, very good performance. Um, Really uh, proved me wrong that he's a a flop at Monaco. Um, But yeah, just did did what, what he needed to do. I think I think they can be reasonably happy with uh with the result they got. I mean fourth and fifth, uh, from where they both started on the grid and maybe a lot of people, including myself, thinking that you'd have had Red Bull, Ferrari and Aston ahead of them. So they'd have probably been looking at like a seventh and eighth place. So yeah, so it's so a good Chunk of points, and it also means they're catching up um, Aston Martin in the championship, uh, m- mainly thanks to uh, Alonso's effort score and yeah. scoring. <laughs> yes, um,
1: I've gone for a. Uh, oh no, I've already, said, already that. said it. I-, I was reading George Russell banter. <laughs> Let's move on to George Russell now. Started eighth, finished fifth.
2: I've gone for a six out of ten for George Russell. Um yeah started eighth so quite a way, uh down behind his teammate um obviously got the fortune but you know made the call himself and said that uh he felt the rain went for the went for the gamble paid off and then uh threw it away by going down the tunnel so he himself said it cost uh, the tunnel him a- the tunnel, sorry, the, the runoff area. I've not had much sleep. Um, <laughs> He's right away by going down the tunnel. What, what? Yeah. Um, yeah, down the runoff area. And uh, yeah, uh, I think it, so. what might have been that, that it could have easily been P3. And he said that himself. And then also, what a insane rejoin. Um, And of course, of all the cars to hit, it was of course a Red Bull.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the Perez Perez just uh, came out of nowhere. But I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for George. I think as much as qualifying was... Not great. He still finished fifth. Um, he could have finished there, but of course made that mistake, as we mentioned, um, had the unsafe rejoin, but still managed to finish fifth, even with the 10 second penalty. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's Perez as well. He, he was, he was attracting literally every car on track, I think at some points, but um, yeah, completely George's fault. It was very much one of those like F1 games, like lobbies where you just, you cr- you like you go down the, the, the escape road or you crash or whatever. And you just go, there's a car coming now. Nah, we'll risk it. Or oh, I hope ghosting's on. That's basically what that was, really. Uh, And then Perez just uh, yeeted into the back of him. And I'm actually surprised that George was able to carry on without really any problems as well, uh, which was uh, uh, quite lucky for George. But still, solid points. A good result for Mercedes. uh, And they'll be hoping for better, I think, uh, when we get to Spain. Uh, We now go to Carlos Sainz. Started fourth, finished eighth. I've gone for a five out of ten uh, for Carlos it, this is even more of a what could have been uh, after going for a move that was never, ever really on on Ocon. I think he was quite lucky as well to not yeet both of them out of the race uh, and then. Not just that, he was then fighting Charles, uh, or trying to fight Charles into, into the pits when it was uh, raining, which, look, fair enough, they're racers, but my God, did he risk everything in terms of both the Ferrari's potentially not finishing as well, because that was close, uh, to say the least. Um, and yeah, just not the best of uh, races when he was looking like he could have scored a podium.
2: Yeah, gone for a six out of 10 as well. Sorry, no, a five out of 10. Sorry, I'm, my, I'm so tired. I've Probably just literally lost the plot. Slap Let me yourself. Start again. No, no, Let me, no. People no, want no, no, to no, 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 no. see this. They
1: wanna see that. Look,
2: come on. I'm actually I much be to fall asleep. Uh yes, colour science. I've gone for a five out of ten. Um similar to you, really, just crashed. Didn't have a great great race at all. And um I think the most painful thing is that particularly this year, there's been moments where Carlos really looks like this is the race that he's going to beat Charles on pace and this looked like one of them, particularly the practice sessions, he was really on it and, and particularly a track like um, Monaco that Charles has been so good at and it, you, we all know he's so, sorry, not good at, quick around.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 I going to say, I it had?
2: correctly. Uh, yeah. Quick around. Uh, so that would have been a huge statement but yeah, just unfortunately a very messy race for him. Certainly was. Uh, we now go to Charles Leclerc, started sixth,
1: finished sixth. And I've gone for what doesn't matter because it's your go, Tommy.
2: <laughs> I've gone for a seven out of ten. Um, yeah, he uh, he had good pace. Uh, I think while his... Um, yeah, it, it's difficult because... Ferrari should be telling him that there's a car approaching, but still you shouldn't be dawdling in the tunnel. So I think part of it is his fault, but, um, yeah, just didn't have much pace, but he's beaten his teammate despite having a, he's he's done very well in qualifying, then got the penalty and then still ended up ahead of his teammate, uh, despite having an all right race. So yeah, gone for a seven. Okay, I've gone for a six out of
1: 10 uh, for Charles, just purely because yet getting that penalty is as much as yet. As you say, Ferrari should be on the on the radio. I I genuinely feel like you shouldn't be taking risks when in the in the tunnel. Now, you know, I'm not a Formula One racer and I'm sure that there are many reasons why he thought he could do that. But it was something that cost him, I would say, a podium. I think if he starts third uh, in the race, he will finish third because he would have a lot of gap in front of him that Ocon didn't fill. Uh, And it would have been uh, a pretty easy podium, I think, for him and his first ever podium in Monaco. Uh, But alas, finished sixth. And yeah, it just was a a pretty underwhelming weekend for for a track that I think a lot of people thought Ferrari were going to be quick around. uh, And they just didn't manage to hook it up in qualifying. Um, And if you don't hook it up in qualifying, you're going to have a difficult race. Speaking of, (laughs) Sergio Perez started 20th, finished 16th. I have gone <clears throat> for a zero out of ten. One of the worst weekends I think I've ever seen from a from a front running car and a, and, a, and a front running driver. Like Perez is a very very good driver on his day. He's shown it this year already, but to do what he did around Monaco throughout the entire weekend, crashing in Q one and then. Making contact with I don't even know how many drivers and driving into the back of a Hass, claiming that he was brake checked by him, when the reality is Hulkenberg just went a bit deep and then had to kind of cut his car in you know, out of the tunnel and, and accelerate then. But it was just it was one of those, wasn't it, where it was just every time we looked at Perez, there was he was either in the pits or breaking a part of his front wing or wheel banging with someone and it just a really a race weekend to forget for him.
2: Yeah, I've gone for a zero out of 10 as well. Uh, Like I said, uh, Stroll, gave a one, but there was someone that was worse. I mean, Paris and Stroll were the the meme, the gif of the two dustbins uh, racing together at the back when their teammates were 20 seconds clear of the whole field. But yeah, Sergio had one of, if not probably the worst race of his entire career when there's you know, there was still talk of can he do it? Can he challenge for this title? And uh, that's that's going to hit hit hard. No pun intended, because um, he hit a lot of walls, <laughs> including uh yeah he yeah, hit the
1: ball as well towards the end of the lap as when he when he it almost caused a safety car which might have ruined his teammates race potentially in terms of the fight for the win who knows um mm. but he managed to catch that and that was i know we keep a liking a likening it to formula one game stuff but that is literally how a lot of people will go around monaco is just smashing into a wall <laughs> when you take too much speed in and how he managed to finish the race with all those bits of contact i i don't know
2: yeah i would love to know what uh, when the last time, I'm sure someone in the comments might know, so drop it. Uh, if you do, uh, the last time someone was lapped twice by their teammate, uh, the, well, uh that well, won, the, won race. the race as yeah. well, yeah. So, um, very rare, uh, and just it, it, it really couldn't have been worse. Um, there's nothing more, I guess you could have
1: DNF'd. He was, yeah, that, that was I don't know. That thing. would have been
2: less embarrassing, I think, if he'd have just quit On the final went, lap. Um, <laughs> quite early. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. That just it just didn't work at all uh, for Perez. Uh, and let's finally go to Max Verstappen. Started first, finished first.
2: Yeah, uh, no surprise. Ten out of ten. Just Max Verstappen doing Max Verstappen things of putting like a worldy drive in that's almost. Scarily normal, because he's just ridiculous and uh, driving unbelievable. Um, yeah, just showed why uh, he's he is who he is. Really, um, you know what his teammate did, and then compared to him, where he's put that. Uh, what I believe will be, you know, a legendary lap that will get replayed for for years. That last sector uh, in qualifying. Um, and then did, uh, everything he needed to, uh, in the race. Um, yeah, just, it's just going to get, it's just 10 out of 10 and it's going to happen a lot, uh, this year, I'm sure.
1: Well, it has already, and it's gonna continue. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: ten out of ten for me as
1: well. I think Max is just getting better and better and better. And I think Helmet Marco said something after the after the race as well, just how he's improving in in every area of the way in which he drives. And of course, motorsport is absolutely everything to him, uh, and that plays a part as much as you might think. Even the small small things like going home and sim racing, he thinks about racing every single moment that he is awake. (laughs) And, you know, that's not then a surprise that he is as good as he is I think his racecraft craft is, is brilliant obviously we didn't see much of it it's Monaco but it, just in general as a driver in this season last season as well like he, he's he's learned a lot about how to win championships and the fact that he went as far as he did on those medium tyres as well managing the gap to Alonso never really oh I say never really pushing too hard my god he was still getting very close to the walls but I also found it interesting that he said it's actually safer for him to stay within that rhythm than to try and rein oh, it yeah. back and then and then make a mistake so he's he is genuinely a very scary prospect as we continue moving through this year and into the next few years as well uh, and yeah a, a, a stunning drive from max it has to be said
2: It's funny you mentioned that about the fact that he just loves motorsport. There was a brilliant bit that I saw in the press conference where uh, he was, and this sums him up perfectly, he's just won the Monaco Grand Prix uh, with an unbelievable drive. And all he was thinking about was how the start of the Indy 500 was on when he was uh, in the press conference and was going to miss it. And then he started having a chat with Fernando being like, we're missing the start of Indy here. Um, The guy just, yeah, he, he just loves motorsport it is we we joke about f1 and motorsport being a whole personality trait and i think that is the same for for max i think he said something didn't he when we were when he did an interview at the energy station where we're at as well and said that like doesn't listen to music just all he cares about is racing and it, you can tell
1: <laughs> and it shows perhaps that's the formula for uh bringing up a, a future world champion we just need to you know well, you've had a child uh, and I, I i'm yet to have one <laughs> but, uh, step write <laughs> it down just v10 v8 hybrids all that sort of stuff will be the <laughs> the music um let's crown our p1 driver of the day esther Ocon. thank you very much for coming
2: yes uh it's close between Verstappen and Ocon, but because Verstappen's going to probably win many of them, uh, <laughs> let's go for Esty Besty.
1: It has to be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the first midfield podium of the year, perhaps the last, and we will have to soak it up.
2: Yeah. Uh, what a drive from Ocon. Like I said, in the main podcast... Uh, could well be the only midfield podium we get this year as well. And uh, Don't
1: say that, Tommy. No, we shouldn't be saying, I'm this. To we jinx should it. be channeling. I'm trying to jinx Yeah, this is what we say. We always like, oh, it's the opposite. Or maybe we're like, oh, we actually meant to. We don't know what we're doing here with our powers, but hopefully, look, <laughs> S- look we saw Esteban Ocon. I shook his hand and then he went and got a podium. So clearly, we aren't the problem.
2: Ooh. Yeah, it's the handshake, maybe.
1: Okay, well, you know, be handshaking other drivers
2: uh (laughs) that i want to be on the podium
1: right that's it uh tommy what are your final thoughts your final sleepy thoughts before you go to bed
2: um, I'm looking forward to going to bed. Is my final thought. <laughs> That's I literally the only so brain tired. cells
1: I know. You, we had to cut because you genuinely got so confused about where you were and yeah. and what your name was. That so was good. My eyes anymore, Look genuinely. at the state of you, right? Tommy needs to go to bed. My final thoughts are: I might need a replacement for P1 with Matt and someone just purely because Tommy looks like he's gone into some kind of coma. He's actually closed his eyes completely now. So um, let's I was just joke about that. Really
2: genuine fall asleep (laughs)
1: okay well let's just keep it very quiet then Uh, good night Tommy thank you everyone for watching and we'll see you very soon for another piece of content bye twinkle twinkle (laughs) for audio listeners Tommy just head butted his microphone and I think he's fallen asleep
3: P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands.